0: Stan Lee, Jack Kirby, and Steve Ditko created Spider Man, X Men, the Fantastic Four, and the Avengers. Timeless characters whose stories were retold in the modern day with the creation of the Ultimate Marvel Universe. Join us as we journey through my ultimate year. Welcome to My Ultimate Year, a comic book reading club where we're going through all of the Marvel Ultimate line of comics from start to finish. The entire thing, we're doing it all, Dave.
1: We sure are. I'm Dave Busing, founder and editor-in-chief of ComicBookHerald.com. He's Zach Dean, host Mm -hmm. of the My Marvelous Year pod and this Mm -hmm. year, My Ultimate Year, where we go through the entire Ultimate Universe. And Zach, we're at that stage. We're on episode nine here, going through Mm -hmm. the Ultimate Universe and I, yep. I hit a realization. We, we have some X-Men comics to talk about today. We have some Spider-Man comics to talk about today. Both series are now written by Brian Michael Bendis. In the Ultimate yep. Universe, so we've got that, <laughs> yes. and then we have the new launch of Ultimate Adventures, number one to six, which we'll talk about. But it occurred to me, like, and we're gonna read like what a hundred, hundred and ten issues of Ultimate Adventure, right? Like, it
0: just keeps going and go. It's like Ultimate Spider-Man. Like, this is just a series that ran for a decade. Everyone knows this. Why? I'm why sorry. are you lying? Why are you lying All to right, our go, friends? Yeah, please. Our, sorry. What, our what was friends your point? and
1: <laughs> listeners are being lied to. <laughs> Don't listen, people. No, but what occurred to me. Was, mm-hmm. okay, we're, we're 60 plus issues into Spider-Man by the time we're done with this. You know, almost 40 mm-hmm. for X-Men. And uh, the momentum of this universe is like really stalled right now. Like there's, I, some of it's just the pacing of what we're doing, I suppose. But if you think mm-hmm. about where we are in this universe, like they're really slow playing the build in a way yeah. that I think it, it remains appealing in the sense that you can read the whole Ultimate Universe, right? Because if there were 15 series, now you're just Earth-616, regular Marvel, and you're doing all the same things and there's too much, right? And and that piece of it I like, um, but as a, a Marvel Universe fan, when you read, especially with the Bendis written issues, which obviously we'll talk about the specifics of Ultimate X-Men and of Ultimate Spider-Man, they're so focused. They're very focused, in a good way, to some degree, where it's like, this is the story, this is what's happening and nothing else here is really happening, you know. Like yeah. it's it's kind of this argument we've been having in the My Marvel the Sheer Club of like this dense world building. It's very
0: different from Claremont, where you know, yeah, like, Cla- yeah, Claremont would be introducing and introducing introducing, and it's like, no, I've got six issues here, and I'm introducing one new concept. Yep, you know, and I'm going to tell one singular story, and, and it goes yeah. down smooth,
1: right? Like it goes down smooth. I oh, think yeah. ultimately, it's fast and it's easy, and that's nice. It's very empty calories. I think a lot of this, um, it's, you do not want to have, you don't want to have this twice. You don't want sex. So
0: I, I agree, but I want to like, I guess I want to clarify or define what that means because empty calories for me means that like, this is just a like quick, fun, stylish breeze of a read, but like, you know, it's not, I, I don't know, like style is substance, right? So like, I'm into this just for the style and the, like the enjoyment of reading it. But when I think of empty calories for it, I'm thinking like, well, it's not Mr. Miracle. Like, it's not really talking about anything. Like, I'm not, I'm not looking at humanity here. I don't feel like I'm getting, you know, any kind of like. It's not even just that emotional moment. Right. So uh, yeah, that's why I wanted to differentiate because for you, I was wasn't sure if that means empty calories. Like, it's not doing these like big, brash, creative world-building things. Is that what? Yeah, I think more that. I
1: think more that where it's like the world is very small the ultimate universe right Mm -hmm. now is very, very small. And we'll see Bendis do these things across X-Men and Spider-Man where he's bringing in, you know, pieces of the puzzle. He's bringing in Black Widow and he brings in Daredevil and he's bringing in um, ultimately an X-Men like he has to bring in X-Men because really he's writing Ultimate Wolverine for the first three issues, essentially. Um, You know, and he's bringing in these pieces, but it's like without their own books, it's these cameos that they're just like, there's not a lot to them. Um, it's I don't know. It's kind of a tricky thing where like the Ultimate Universe just isn't that much right now, and Ultimate Adventures, to its undying credit, comes in and says like, "Hey, let's actually try something new in this space," I'm, which is I'm so totally glad totally line up new.
0: Th- on that, like that, this is actually kind of like a hidden gem. I'm glad that like you and I are totally aligned. That
1: you thought Ultimate I might come Adventures. in and be like, Ultimate Adventures is secretly like a hidden gem.
0: No, that's what you are saying, right? That's what we're saying together. You and I are coming in and saying like. Wow! What a discovery! This is great, right? Is that not what I'm th- getting from you? I
1: think your jokes are lies. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a masterpiece. <laughs> is what I keep uh... hearing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, you're you're totally right, though. That like ultimate adventure at least gets it's some trying. brownie points for trying to be something new. Yeah, which yeah, which I
1: don't know how much like the creative team gets credit so much as when you actually pause to consider. Now, four years into, you know, to again, we're kind of messing with chronology here, but like effectively four years into the Ultimate Universe, like what it, well, they haven't launched anything new. They're just either updating like, like known superheroes, like Spider Man is mm-hmm. an update, or they are transforming concepts like the Ultimates, right? Um, which is interesting as, as somebody who loves Marvel Comics, that is interesting, and that is the hook of the Ultimate Universe, but it's weird to consider, like, oh, yeah, they really don't try to add anything new. Uh, in these in these early days, at least especially, um, it's more about just kind of changing the templates that already exist. So, all right, that's that was my kind of takeaway of where we're at in the Ultimate Universe. Because moving forward, starting with like so, starting next episode, episode ten of the Ultimate Universe, we're going to talk about Ultimate Nightmare one to five, um, and that is going to sort of start to do kind of what Ultimate War did a couple episodes back, but but to an even larger degree, where it's like, okay, now we have events. And now we have sure. um, things that bring the universe together and, and new series launches and this and that. Um, but it is, you know, I, I just I'm kind of like it shouldn't be surprising because I've read this before and I know what this is. But like for the first 20 episodes, <laughs> like so, like the core of this is so 75 percent Spider-Man and X-Men, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, I, you know, it's what? just like, amazing.
0: I Yeah. I don't really have a problem with that and i don't really have. i'm a problem not saying with it like the, it's inherently uh,
1: like a bad thing i you know to be yeah. clear
0: like i i don't necessarily have too much of a problem with the like it being not incredibly dense right like i i guess i i do under like i have story criticisms and sometimes i wish the stories were better but like them being bigger and more fleshed out and like more going on is not necessarily what i'm looking for so like i think that just might be a difference in you know no and I again i think that is a huge we, like, part of this out universe's out of appeal
1: like yeah. you can you can sit and you can clobber an Ultimate Spider-Man trade uh, by you know while you're eating your dinner and you'll be done oh, by the yeah, time sure. you know you you finish yeah, that yeah. Monte Cristo you just made and lathered up in in grape jelly right so that sort of universal experience okay. that we all share most evenings <laughs> 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 just, Dave's nightly regular grape <laughs> jelly Monte Cristo
0: God that's amazing. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it's It's the same reason why people like to read Invincible, right? It's a uh, it's a superhero yes. comic, and it's a whole superhero world. That's one nice package story that just kind of, like, slowly spirals out from its core conceit. Did um, you see the voice
1: cast for the animated Invincible show that's coming? Did. I, You know, I mean, like, off one terms. of my... Yeah,
0: I mean, I I think Invincible's kind of boring in what it's doing overall. Like, I don't think the conceit is that interesting to me, personally, um, of just, like... Superhero tropes, but tweaked a little bit. It's, like, so on the nose that that bothers me. But one of my big problems with that is I think the art and the actual, like, issue-by-issue storytelling is a problem. And that's something that the comic or the um the tv show could really fix so like i'm i'm open to it like i'm open to the idea that the tv show could you know salvage this complete dud of a comic that no one really likes complete
1: dud top 20 comic I, of all the, time check out comic books i know best of all time no, no one no it's very no one else it's very on that comic. ultimate spider-man yeah. level for me like to make that comparison yeah, totally is uh yeah. is super no accurate. it's
0: a really it's a very close comparison no i this is that is like that's probably my most my hottest take i think No,
1: you've gotten you've gotten steamier Mm. lately. I don't know. You're getting like I find other people who like
0: agree with me on other things, but like I have yet to see someone who does not gush about Invincible. Like everyone loves Invincible, but me and
1: no, that's yeah. Yet again, yet again, (laughs) you've set yourself up as the only. The only critique No, I did I don't mean it in some work, way of like I'm the true.
0: only one brave enough. I'm the I'm the lone, you know, you hero are you are area. a big
1: man. I think we you know, we all think mm. it and we're all saying it, right? You're you're Thank the you. big man on the critiquing yeah. campus. And uh and we're all <laughs> in awe. So all right. Speaking of critiques, let's get into the villain X-Men? in
0: Ultimate Spider Man called Big Man, isn't that
1: his name? Uh in um in the original stanley and, and steve dicko days yeah big yeah, man he's, he's, he's you know kind of the head of the um who are the trio montana and uh fancy dan and ox yeah. he's there he's their crime boss for a bit i think ultimately yeah, revealed to be uh, i won't spoil it here you might not have read it uh but yeah big okay. man um you're, right, you're yeah, just so as let's... cool as him
0: <laughs> yes thank you i mean he's doesn't he get his head crushed by the kingpin
1: hey i said i wasn't gonna spoil yeah. things oh sorry and oh, wait no. why would they have not oh, read in the Ultimate, Ultimate Universe? Fine, we've we've read that. Sure. (laughs) Right. Sure. All right, let's get
0: into Ultimate X-Men. We read 34 through 39. 39. Yeah. And this is art by, let's see, written by Brian Michael Bendis and art by David Finch. And I specifically want to call out Dave Stewart's colors here because, ooh, they're good. Like, the coloring is really good. And I think last episode, I might have said that Dave Finch was like a, I don't know if I said poor man's... um, Oh, what's the other guy's name? The Ultimates artist. I'm blanking on his name. Brian Hitch. Thank you. I, I don't know if I said that. That would have been rude. If I did say that, that was rude. I don't but know I that we've seen Finch
1: on uh, Ultimate Universe Comics yet.
0: Have we not? Who was the guy that I thought looked like who was doing uh, the Sinister Six, Six then?
1: Oh, uh, that was somebody like else. Ultimate. Maybe Trevor Harrison. Um who I think is now doing deceased with Tom Taylor and is like drawing the biggest comic in the world. I think that's who it was if memory serves. David Finch. Uh, oh, I'm you're right. pretty this, sure this is his introduction know. to the Ultimate oh, Universe right. with Ultimate X-Men alongside Brian Michael Bendis because after this so they're on the book for like a year and then the duo are going to jump to the new Avengers in the Earth 616 universe. Mm. Um and work together there. Awesome. And and David Finch is definitely like he is yeah saying he's a poor man's Hitch would be way off the mark no Um, because
0: i actually think i like him more than hitch because he doesn't fall into that uh that thing of like the weird uncanny valley with faces where he's like almost photorealistic but it's just a little weird like and then also i think he's got that big cinematic flair that really works in paired with dave stewart who's got like beautiful colors in this i think it really works he's doing some really interesting um page layouts and some the way that he's telling the story here
1: yeah no the art definitely stands out um in in some really exciting ways i think that's probably it and i think bendis kind of knows it too as a storyteller Mm -hmm. because man does he let this thing breathe like he goes pages at a time with no or very few captions and obviously Within that, you know, we're going to get the Breichel standard, like twenty panel at you know forty five, uh, you know. Yeah, just caption stick the card in
0: there. The card? Yeah, in there. In where? In there? Yeah. All right, in there. Like God, exactly. Shut, shut up, Brian. Like, no, you know, don't what, like, shut up.
1: Do you? Do you? He's doing him, Zach. And just because it's no, come, he's, become he's a parody, okay. I
0: mean, you know, no, I I like him, but like I I will
1: say now, if I come on a page of all those bubbles, I'm not reading it. Like, I'm just, I'm not, <laughs> <laughs> not going to bother. Doctor. I've done it once. I enjoyed it once. I'm good.
0: Yeah, it's just when he gets, like, he's just a little too cute sometimes. Oh, you know? stop, like he just, you old grouch. Yeah. It's a, t- it's yeah, a book yeah.
1: about teenagers and their love lives. You get to be cute.
0: No, no. Oh, the Spider-Man stuff, it works better on that. And, and you know what's interesting is he does, like, pare it down somewhat for, like, the the X-Men and Wolverine and you know cuz you know, we're having these very serious conversations between Nick Fury and Professor X or Professor X and Wolverine or whatever.
1: Wolverine doesn't have not... 75 bubbles per page conversations.
0: Yeah. And he shouldn't. Well, there is <laughs> there is one. There's a uh, there's a Black two Black Widow. Or... Yeah, yeah, that that scene with Black Widow. There's a two-page splash screen, splash. There's a two-page splash page, I don't know, a double splash page. That's right. um double with like a million page. small little panels. There's probably like 40 different little panels just going back and forth between Wolverine and Black Widow's face. I kind of uh-huh. love that stuff, although uh, this felt like a t- 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 titch lazy to me with like repeating faces, which is something that I d-
1: oh, that I don't find that lazy Michael. at all. I don't. I don't. Oh, I don't uh, if I, you if you I, have to do 20 and it's not really adding value to change their expression with each panel. I don't really have a problem with that. I, um, I feel like
0: Brian Brian Michael
1: Bendis writes those in, though, because he has them happen on pauses where people just
0: hold the same expression. Uh-huh. I don't know. Sometimes it works for me. Sometimes it doesn't. It kind of depends on the moment and the pacing. Like um, Tom King does that in Mr. Miracle, and I think it worked great there. I think you mean so Mr. Rod just... does that. Oh, yeah. Right, right, right. But yeah, I mean, He does, he does right a very good it. job yes. with that, which I think yes, is, is yes. he's
1: doing a good job with that in Strange Adventures right now as well but yeah i mean i don't i don't hold that against finch uh or anyone really um in this instance again like so ultimate x-men bendis takes over we're out of the Malar era and B- bendis is following up on what happened previously in ultimate x-men where wolverine uh tried to kill cyclops <laughs> left him to die came back played it cool tried to hook up with gene again and uh everybody found out cyclops came back said hey wolverine you try to kill me long story short they invited him back to the x-men right and this arc, I think very smartly, begins with Wolverine bailing on the team <laughs> because, one, that's mm-hmm. a Wolverine thing. He bails on the team. And two, like, it's weird that they invited him back, <laughs> right? There should be yeah. some some sort of reconciliation uh, with that. But as he is, you know, bailing on the team, he's also then being hunted down by, you know, rogue people. Uh, Weapon X agents and he in the midst of this getting shot up and getting wounded he goes and hides in Peter Parker's house because of course he followed him home the first time the two met way back in Marvel team up number one and a, a Spider-Man Wolverine team up begins for three issues yeah. so Bendis and gets to he finds continue good... writing Ultimate Spider-Man while taking over Ultimate X-Men.
0: Yeah and he finds like a good balance with those characters and like there's a fun dynamic a fun like pitter-patter between the two of them. I like, I like and, uh... his take
1: on uh, Peter and Wolverine as yeah as yeah this, they have like a,
0: a a little you know little tiny friendship that is good and, you know peter parker's like bugging him but he kind of respects him and it's good it works well and i like that uh my god i keep forgetting the artist name i like the artist uh that he draws still Sto- 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 david like finch a ch- david finch thank you um I like he draws Mary Jane like she's a child. Like she looks like she's 15 years old and not uh, a sex object. Something that's still grating on me. Still getting stuck in my teeth. Yeah. <laughs> it's an unfortunate <laughs> thing to have in your teeth.
1: Um, the other thing Bennis does in as the, the story progresses called Blockbuster is he brings in a lot of Marvel Universe cameos. Uh, in particular, mm-hmm. he brings in Black Widow, we talked about, um, as kind of an old flame of Logan's. They have a relationship here in the Ultimate Universe. And then uh, he also brings in Daredevil. Now, this is during the same time period where Bendis is writing uh, an extremely good uh, Daredevil run with artist Alex Malieve over at Earth-616 territory. I think one of the challenges with Bendis' ultimate line sometimes, and Daredevil, I think, probably speaks to this more than anyone, is just like, he just kind of doesn't change anything, you know? Yeah, you would... Where it's just like, you're just writing the same Daredevil. Why... I don't know. There is that feeling of like, why are we bothering with the Ultimate Universe if they're going to be exactly the same? you know.
0: Yeah, I mean Daredevil has never had a moment that is not 616 Daredevil, like in the Ultimate Universe in this or in the stuff we've seen before. It's yeah. all just pulled straight, excuse me, straight from that. Um yeah, so like I, I like this story. This is, you know, like you said Wolverine's being hunted down. There's uh there's an interesting like the, the idea is that these are all Weapon X soldiers who all used to work for Weapon X and they were all basically like hardcore trained. I wouldn't quite say brainwashed but i mean just the idea of like they were the the idea of mutant hatred was so instilled in them right that weapon x shuts down the country gets progressive mutants are our friends now the president is like which which as we remember
1: during the the first bush administration big big progressive vibes <laughs> sweeping yeah nation. right
0: right exactly i don't I, I don't know what that is trying to say but i mean there's the comparison to the idea of like yeah we were told it's okay to hate muslims and now all of a sudden we can't anymore and like we're left out in the cold because now we still hate muslims right i mean there is that idea of like soldiers who are trained to dehumanize their enemies completely yeah. right like yeah they're subhuman and now you come home and everyone's like no no they're people too and you yeah, know, like it but the thing is, like, the comic doesn't particularly put too much indictment on the system that did it in the first place. It's just kind of, like, an unfortunate byproduct of what happens. It doesn't really discuss how... I mean, I guess we don't need more that Weapon X is evil. But
1: I mean, it's... Right, um, it's there. It's not... Yeah. It's certainly not the yeah. focus, but it's there. It's not hard yeah, to... Yeah, and I, I think that's an interesting,
0: like... That's an interesting thing to to touch on. Like, I don't see that talked about too much. How, you know, like the military trains you to dehumanize your enemies. And then how do you undo that when you have to transition back to being a civilian or, you know, when you're done? That's uh, it's interesting enough. Yeah. And their ultimate plan
1: here appears to be basically like make let the world know what Wolverine really is essentially like yeah like weaponize him again make it make it clear like the x-men because again like they keep raising this point like yeah wolverine was on the cover of time <laughs> with the x-men <laughs> and like the world is you know there's this cult there's this pop culture celebration saying
0: it like as if like ben laden all of a sudden i said ben laden benjamin laden was on the cover can of you X-Men
1: imagine of if your name was benjamin laden <laughs> oh my goodness what a tough what a tough childhood that would be a rough one, um, but yeah, no, they're they're making the comparison that it's like, yeah, you have a terrorist on your cover, um, but he's you know a part of this celebrated team. So, uh, yeah, that there's not a ton more to that. Um, one of the biggest things that happens once the X Men finally come back for Wolverine is uh, Jean Grey defends the X Mansion from these these uh, Weapon X people attacking, and she goes full Phoenix Force. So that is back and developing, and she kills some uh, <laughs> some uh, hate mongering terror or what do you call them hate group folks and yeah. uh she kills them and she feels bad about it because gene doesn't really mean to kill uh so yeah, that's she, a development but
0: did, did you pick up on like the kind of creepy weirdo gross vibes of her going back to professor x for um for like sympathy or for comfort right you can and you can he, take like,
1: out the kind of so i mean i think yeah I professor I mean, x like, is a great like, a creep in the ultimate universe slumps for sure
0: onto his lap and then he's just like shh, 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 quiet now and he's like cradling her and putting her to sleep with psychic powers, and then he's like, Nightcrawler, you can leave the room.
1: Oh, I, I didn't see it as much as like a, um, a weird sort of creepy like sexual thing here, at least the way it was depicted, so much as him a- which maybe it's there, I just missed it, um, but h- him it's, asking it's Nightcrawler not... to leave yeah, seemed to me silly. like, hey, I'm about to brainwash her. I don't, want any, I don't want any witnesses. That was how I read that. Yeah,
0: just like, but I mean, yeah, if you just look at the art, like, she's just, like, sleeping on his shoulder, like, nuzzled into his chest, and it's like... Is that the oh, weirdest she's...
1: thing, like, from your fatherly mentor after yeah, a I traumatic so. event? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I don't so. know your that's that inherently like weird. Like, at
0: your school, like, or your employer, <laughs> right? Like, it's a power dynamic there. You shouldn't be snuggling with well, teenage they're not. I wouldn't your...
1: consider Professor X her employer.
0: Well, I guess, but, you yeah, know, it still feels like... And also, like that,
1: that, you and I have very different relationships with our boss. <laughs> <laughs> you don't you don't schedule a snuggle time for an hour every every afternoon? <laughs> Alright, I gotta I gotta yeah. check some things out on the work calendar. Um yeah, so that that is is Ultimate X-Men. I mean, again, it's like basically Bendis wrote a Wolverine story um with cameos by the X Men. So it's in yeah. in and again, like and in the guise of still writing Ultimate Spider Man. So it is this interesting thing where it's like he took over the franchise, but he didn't really change. He didn't really, like, say, hey, here's my take on the X-Men, you know? Yeah, I I don't really know what his vision of X-Men is.
0: Yeah, yeah, true. Because I, I was thinking, like, I really... Like, I had a ton of fun with this. Like, I loved these. I mean, I loved these in as much as, like, they were fun to read, and they had a bunch of, like, exciting moments, and the characters bouncing off each other were fun, but it didn't, like... It's not like I've read this before, and I didn't remember it, and I probably will not remember this, right? I just had a good time reading it Yeah, this time. I
1: mean, again, that's the Empty Calories thing I'm talking about, where it's like, yeah, yeah it goes down sure. super easy, it's real nice to look at, great art by David Finch, um, but, like, I don't... Th- There's nothing... And this is the problem I have with, with Miller's run, which actually probably does even more than Bendis Um, there's no big ideas there's nothing that I can look at here and be like oh this is a cool idea I wonder how this could be explored or look at the ways this Mm -hmm. has influenced comics there's nothing like that here because I did
0: remember I was reading this and I was just like oh man I'm glad that Miller's still not writing this and then I was like but I do miss those little moments of weirdness, right? Like, he definitely brought some, mm. like, really interesting little things. And, like, I kind of hated that he would just do it and then blow it off. You yeah, know, so right. it's like a balance, right? I actually, I mean, I liked them on Fantastic Four together because I kind of felt like they balanced each other's weaknesses. But.
1: Yeah, so uh, so from there, we on the list we have Ultimate Adventures, then Spidey. Do you want to continue the verse, go into Spidey, and then do Ultimate Adventures? I think that's probably the way to structure this. Yeah. All right, so Ultimate oh, oh, Spider-Man. Of which,
0: sorry, I googled Ben Ben Laden. And, uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> it, it was trending on Twitter uh, about October of last year because Rudy Giuliani tweeted out Osama Ben Laden. <laughs>
1: okay, because okay, uh,
0: his brain is crumbling.
1: Yeah, that's a yeah, that's a polite word for it. Uh, so <laughs> Ultimate <laughs> Spider-Man fifty-four is the beginning of this. We're going to run it all the way to sixty-five. This is two story arcs. The first is Hollywood. The second is Carnage. The first story arc is the emptiest of calories the second Mm, story arc is a fascinating kind of mess i think i think it's a fascinating kind of mess and i'm not totally sure um let's start with hollywood so this is published you're not going to believe this but during the uh the hype of spider-man 2 Directed mm-hmm. by Sam Raimi, you know the yeah. Spider-Man vs. Doc Ock, and yeah, it's it's weird. a it's the classic Stanley Jack or you know probably Steve Dicko, Silver Age. Hey, we're gonna make a movie about Spider-Man kind of story. Uh, this movie's gonna be Spider-Man vs. Doc Ock, and then the literal fight that is going to occur is Spider-Man vs. Doc Ock as Ock breaks out of Shield facility. Like what feels like for the twelfth time in the last several recordings we've done, but I guess yeah. probably I'm mixing. Yeah, yeah this and uh and 616 stuff we're i mean it's
0: the at least it is the i think the fourth like big appearance of dr octopus in the ultimate line right? because like the first appearance was his initial appearance and we had one other arc and then the sinister sticks and now this i think it's four yeah i felt kind of like oh what are we doing with dr octopus what's new about this nothing, nothing. like nothing. he's not even you know dating aunt may like <laughs> i right. mean genuinely get he does this go guy to on a house. date with aunt may <laughs> He escapes and he goes to some like house in a neighborhood, and he's just like, "Hey, nice house!" And then he kills the guy and moves in. And when he first like knocked on a door, I was like, "All right, all right, Aunt May's gonna answer. He's gonna start dating it."
1: Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. But nope. nope. No, sadly, no. Um, it, the one thing I will say about Ultimate Universe Doc Ock is man did the focus and the emphasis that they put from day one on Norman Osborn as the archenemy of Spider-Man kind of cuts ox many legs out from under him he loses his power he is not very interesting and in earth 616 silver age dr octopus is the arch enemy of spider-man for like 123 issues you know and then there's an argument and then there's an argument to be made or at least like 40 and then there's an argument to be made um now it's just like he's just a guy with arms and i there's nothing super special about his connection to Spider Man or their battles. And he even
0: knows who Peter Parker is, right? Like, he knows him. And then, like, they do, yeah, they do this weird thing. So, like, he gets out, he gets into a big fight with Spider Man in front of the movie crew, right? And there's this whole subplot about how Peter Parker's annoyed because the movie is. It's just weird because it's like, you know, it's like here's toby Maguire as Spider Man, Sam Raimi the director, there's a little Bruce Campbell mention, right? Like, they're shooting the movie, and I don't know what that brings to it except like confusion i mean that would be just like if 616 was like talking about the mcu existing it's <laughs> it feels like weird and unnecessary to try to like draw it that direct of a line i mean it's it.
1: just it's it's a comic as pr um which i mean i know, get, I the, get like, why they want to do the, it but it's it's yeah. not super interesting <laughs> the way it's yeah, done yeah. I the other thing that's less interesting to me is like there are good there are actually good hype machine comics from this time period um there's a brian k vaughn written story it called uh i think it's dr octopus negative exposure which is very much like a hey there's going to be a spidey and doc ock movie uh five issue mini but it's really good uh so there are angles you can take that work this is just like what is it five issues of they literally could have yeah
0: yeah yeah i mean they literally could have done the whole like spider-man movie a shooting like, I didn't, I mean, that wasn't that interesting to me, but I didn't mind that. It was just the literal being, like, name naming of names and, like, checking of boxes of, like, this is the real movie that's coming out. Like, yeah. that felt weird and mercenary.
1: I me. guess if they had leaned into that even more, in that weird, like, meta-narrative of John Byrne writing the Fantastic Store stories in-universe, you know, yeah, kind of thing. Like, that actually would have been a way more interesting plot. Uh, as it stands, this is, I will say, the most bored I've been by any Ultimate Spider-Man we've read. Uh, to date
0: yeah 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 i think i agree because so dr octopus kidnaps peter parker and then flies him to brazil for reasons i guess and then like you you know he beats him up immediately it's not you know it's just kind of a spider-man fight and then like probably the most fun of this is like oh peter parker's stuck in brazil and the cops want to arrest him and he has to escape and you know they deal with it quickly like he just gets into the cargo container of a plane flying back to the states um but that stuff is kind of fun and like i i do like the the stuff where they lean into like yeah he's a teenager and he gets overwhelmed by like the dumbest stuff right like he he does not know how to deal with this and like that is a funny situation to throw a 17 year old in or 16 year old whatever um into just like you're in a foreign country how are you gonna get back just like when he gets ditched in like jersey or something and he doesn't like he's just like i gotta take a bus home like i'm gonna be late
1: (laughs) right Right.
0: Just the small reminders of like he he doesn't even have a credit card right like he can't just get on a plane um those those are fun but yeah besides this pretty pretty forgetful or forgettable
1: what is what is less forgettable but still just like t- we'll pick it apart little, we'll go through for- it but carnage to me. Yeah. comes next um well I I think it's kind of not as forgettable because it's very deliberately referencing lots of Spider-Man things and mm-hmm. it does so in actually very different ways. So we you know we've talked a lot about this balance between the, again the update versus the transformation, absolute mm-hmm. carnage or not absolute um ultimate carnage here is a transformation. It's a really different take on existing characters and properties, right? In the in the Spider-Man Lexicon. So Carnage for those of you who may not know and if you're reading along with us in my marvelous year and you don't want spoilers for this cuz we're not up to, you know, 93 or whenever he debuts, um don't probably listen to this maybe skip ahead two minutes no
0: so. i don't know doesn't are you gonna spoil some big twist or something like i could spoil what the story is about...
1: and that's the point of reading a story is to to figure out how it happened i guess i mean
0: it's so old I, I i have not read it and i assume that you're not gonna like spoil some big twist i mean i'm gonna i'm about uh, to blow Car- your mind i'm about Carnage to blow a serial killer right the it's long just hair like off your head the, the symbiote attaches to a serial killer Right, that's the 616 version. Yeah, real cool. Uh, is that what you're going to Real
1: cool, it? you summed it up in four words. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. You're Way talking about it like
0: you're going to like, reveal some big twist, and it's like you're just revealing the premise of Carnage, which People I People
1: think... reading comics don't like comics they haven't read told to them.
0: I, I guess, but, like, it's just— that is the okay. that is, If
1: you're doing My Marvelous Year, I suspect you fall into that camp.
0: Well, I just don't want you to actually turn people off from being like, oh, no, I have to I can't listen to my ultimate year because they're going to mention that. Shut it down. Listen, if you're listening right
1: now and you've. If you heard. If Zach said what he said, but you missed it. Hopefully, because mm. when his little high-pitched, spoilery voice kicks in, just you tune like <laughs> de- 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 out. <laughs> what I want you to do is I want you to pause the podcast. I would love it if you could go rate and review us on iTunes. Talk mm, about how we please. don't spoil anything and how you love it. And then mm. uh, when you're ready and when you feel prepared in your carnage knowledge, come on back. Okay? Would you rather have carnal yeah. knowledge or carnage knowledge? <laughs> 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 That's a question you have to ask yourself. So I, All right?
0: I, Car- the real carnage is Peter Parker's dad right
1: get out of town no, I'm and just take kidding. A I'm just shuttle kidding. all right um carnage here is is mm-hmm. that is the tease of the story we don't actually get to carnage until like three issues in actually for mm-hmm. the majority of the opening of this ultimate spider man story it's very much a like Kurt Connors focused uh, yep. story so Kurt Connors is the lizard uh here he's post lizard he's moved out of his house because his wife and son are killed threatened around a lizard fair Um, and he's got, like, kind of a working relationship with Spider-Man and Peter Parker. That gets uh, extended here when Peter Parker suffers some wounds in a really fun, kind of goofy one-off battle with, like, a weird gladiator guy. Um, I do, who maybe is literally supposed to be gladiator.
0: I was going to say, who's not actually gladiator.
1: Is he not? Okay, I wasn't, yeah. Well, because I don't know.
0: This guy was, like, talking all this, like, kind of wacky religious stuff, and uh, that's not gladiator's deal. Gladiator's, like, a costume maker, isn't he?
1: Maybe it's ultimate gladiator's deal. Right. yeah I, I guess so right yeah. so right. I, I do actually really like when bendis <laughs> throws in uh side battles with car- like he does this with omega red at a certain point where it's like it's just besides the point but it's just like a fun way to show spider-man in action aside from the thrust yeah of the like main he story. fights
0: the shocker a lot like in these little side battles or electro or whatever and that actually
1: has uh payoff <laughs> which you would not expect the shocker yeah, stuff does like
0: yeah, yeah, that he, like, continually is just beating up Shocker, like, as the opening scene, just to establish, you know, him in the city or whatever.
1: Yeah, I do like that trick. Yeah. Um. But, so, Spider-Man gets, he gets hurt pretty badly here. He goes to Doc Connors to help him. Uh, he says, I'm not that kind of doctor. Spider-Man makes a joke. And uh, he helps him a little bit. And then Doc Connors finds some of Peter's blood on the table. And this leads to, basically, the thrust of the story, which is now he wants to experiment on this in DNA. And he does ask Peter Parker first. Yeah. Um, yeah he yeah. does, like, say, hey, do I, you know, essentially have your consent to see what I what possible like miracle cure we can develop out of this, because you know ultimate Spider-Man powers, he's got this amazing abilities. So he gets to working on this with lab Red assistant blood. Ben Riley. Which mm-hmm. okay, here's another spoilery thing that. Uh, again, like if you haven't read '90s Spider-Man comics, this. I mean, do you have to get, I know what
0: this is, but do you need to actually say what the six-one-six version is to talk about this? No, because
1: no, you don't. Yeah. Because I mean, the way he's so used here is totally different. So, yeah, like, if you all, know so. Ben Riley and you know what his deal is in '90s Spider-Man comics, um, the presence here this is, is like t- <laughs> maybe teases connections to that a little bit. You it, know, there's a little no, bit. No, it's kind of like.
0: Naming that little girl Cassandra Kane in Birds of Prey. It's like, it's just not using that, the same no, name. it's not
1: that wild. It's not that crazy to me. <laughs> okay. Because he's literally working that. on creating life, you know, like he's working okay, with Doc right. Connors to create life, which ultimately becomes the Carnage symbiote. But yeah, it's, it's a weird, it is a weird choice. It's not, it doesn't take the, the award from Cassandra Kane for most uh, useless, useless naming of, um, of a character who actually has, you know, God, that, Comics, but that
0: is actually my number one complaint about that movie is, the, is that is I just love Sandra Kane, and that was just such a fun character in like that the, movie. But she, oh yeah, great character no in the she movie, Kane. Yeah, God, yeah, I know. Yeah. Anyway, um,
1: so anyway, they they yeah, yeah. make they're using uh, Pete's DNA to make. uh Oh, and then the other <laughs> the other crazy connection here is they use Richard Parker, Peter Parker's father's Venom symbiote notes, which are just like. In the cloud, <laughs> They're just like they're on, <laughs> yeah. they're on GitHub, they're anybody can yeah, get it. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. Um, and uh, and they use those to like put together. I don't know what they think this organism is going to be. I I guess the thing is they're just like, hey, we made life. That's pretty dope, right? Like you know, I we know. made the life. I know the way they tumor. talk about
0: science. You know, like as someone who works in a science lab, the way they're just like, yeah, we're just doing normal experiments, and we uh, we made a, a flesh baby. Oops, like that kind of idea. <laughs> Yeah, you know, like, that you accidentally just stumble across. It's the same idea of just like, yeah, I meant to make a a robot that just follows commands, but I accidentally made a sentient. Mm-hmm. Like, you mm-hmm. know, we just forgot to not put in sentience this time, right? Like, they just kind of stumble across. Yeah, the most amazing achievements. I love, I love stuff like that. Yeah, um, for sure,
1: and that's what they do here. Except what they create is, um, yes, it begins. It's like a symbiote baby, but then it becomes a carnage monster, which looks very similar. It's a little more, it's a little less human. Uh, it's, a little it's a little less like a symbiote. Att- it's not a little less. It is It is not a symbiote attached to a person. It is yeah. just the red goop, you know, in a somewhat uh, human anatomy. And uh, I, I will call out here, so Mark Bagley, obviously, on art for USM, uh, he is, if memory serves, the co-creator of the original Carnage uh, in Marvel as well. I think he was working on Amazing Spider-Man at the time. So it's not like he doesn't know. <laughs> what what he wants to do uh, with Carnage. But Carnage becomes like this vampiric force uh, kind of Proteus-like for Max men where he just like turns people into gray husks as he absorbs yep. their life essence. And okay, all that builds to, I will say, one of the most disappointing moments in Ultimate Spider-Man for me. Mm, um, sure. And that is the death of Gwen Stacy, which is yep. done so quickly and so emotionlessly it cool. had like
0: it's cruel it's like cruel and yeah uh, it feels it's like random and arbitrary and cruel like it's almost like it, i
1: mean it almost would have been better if they killed her off panel like it has it, that level of of like removal from yeah, actually it, feeling the the weight of this character i that mean we it's know. really
0: brutal right like it's like you watch her face wither into like a gray skeleton yeah it's very i think it's very upsetting uh but it also has the impact of like that she just got hit by a car right it's because it's just totally random it's like a totally random happenstance right this is just a creature like no it's no one's fault really right they kind of try to pin it on kirk connor's and stuff but ultimately it's like i mean it's his fault this
1: this thing got created
0: i suppose but, like, they don't even really get into, like, that he was being irresponsible. Like, there's no moment where he's just like, we shouldn't, but my need for grant money is driving me to make these irresponsible, Yeah, you know, yeah. like, they, they don't do that even, so it's just... I mean, and even if that was the case, what am I gonna, like, ooh, I hate Kirk Connors because he made a bad science thing, right? Like, I, that, that would be boring, but they don't even do that. It's just kind of like, he made a thing, it goes and kills a bunch of people, it kills Gwen Stacy, so it really does feel like just, like, you know, a, a random dog just attacked her and killed her. It's arbitrary, And also, like, the actual art and the framing of it, like, feels kind of, like, nasty and cruel to me. Have you ever seen um, Transformers Age of Extinction?
1: (laughs) No. (laughs) Tell me has
0: It's got T.J. Miller in it, right? And, like, it has one of the most random nasty deaths in it where it's just, like, normal, um, what was it? not Jerry Bruckheimer, uh, what's that name? Michael, Michael Bay. Bay. Like, explosions happening everywhere, and he's just running in slow motion away from explosions, and then it just cuts to, like, his skeleton being, like, blasted, and he just becomes, like, instantly carbonized, and it's just, like, so out of left field with the tone of this movie, right? Like, it's just this kind of, like, summer romp, and then just this, like, brutal death scene Yeah. that feels like, oh my god, like, that that is not from this same movie, and it has that same feel where it's just, like... This is not ultimate Spider-Man. Like, well, you that's... just kind of have this, like, cruel random happenings. Right, yeah, right. There's a
1: tone it's... and there's a pacing, I think, misstep here to killing Gwen and to killing her in this way that is just, like, yeah. way off the mark. I just think it completely yeah, misses. Totally. And and one of the weirdest things about it is Gwen is killed in, like, the final pages of an issue, right? Yep. Often, comics will suggest the death of someone at the very end of an issue, and it's a cliffhanger. Right. We are very accustomed to that framing and obviously to the point that it's an ineffective trope. But the weirdness of seeing it inverted in this way where Gwen is killed before the the cliffhanger and then we get to the next issue and it's like, yeah, that happened. <laughs> like, we're not really going to like spend time talking about it too much, but that definitely happened. It's a it's a very odd it just doesn't, it doesn't feel like it should be real, which in a lot of ways, I think what we're describing is very much like, yes, that is how violence happens. Like it is random and it is arbitrary and, and hug your loved ones, you... right? Because it could happen to you yeah, any time, well, but it's like, that's not what how this stories, is doing.
0: That's not how stories function, right? Like, I mean, unless they are, right? Like you can tell stories about that, how like you can do books and media. How about like. You know, uh, real life is not like this, right? Like, people don't die in big, dramatic ways. Like, it is just, you know, its death is boring and arbitrary, right? Like, in real life, if you want that to be the point of your thing, that is so clearly not what they're doing here, right? Like, they're trying to tell a cohesive narrative with this. They're it's not it's supposed to, to be a worried. big moment. It's supposed right, tired, to be they're...
1: a big... And again, like yeah, it, yeah. again, you cannot talk about this comic devoid of the history of Spider-Man. And the death of Gwen Stacy is obviously one of the biggest stories in Spider-Man history, right? Where she dies in Earth-616. And it is a huge moment. Now, the context here is obviously different. Gwen is not yeah. uh, dating yeah. Peter Parker. She is his like really good friend and roommate. She had just found out that Peter is, in fact, Spider-Man. So there's a little yep. bit of build and like, oh, cool, we're going to get Gwen to be a part of this gang. Um, they've never been working on the romance of these two. It has not been a focus of this. It's always been Peter and Mary Jane, which is fine. Yep. I think that's yeah. actually kind of yeah, interesting. Yeah. I was
0: actually wondering that as this was kicking off, because I knew I'd read this before. So I knew like at the end of Carnage, this Carnage arc that she died. And I was like, it's weird. They haven't like been romantic even a little bit. Like, is that going to get rushed in here? Nope. Yeah. No. Nope. And that's, that's fine. I mean, the thing is like the other Gwen, death of Gwen Stacy, like I think you can critique it as fridging, right? You know, like if you wanted to make that argument and I, I don't think necessarily I would, right? Like that had not become like the worn, tired old trope that, it will be later on right to just it was new for its and...
1: time i don't know that that salvages it but it, it was
0: no because I, I i don't know we don't have to get in fridging but i think the problem with fridging it is is its ubiquity not the fact that it exists period right like i think it is a, a issue of numbers more than like necessarily just that it is a plot point at least to me um But like, at least that was for, you know, you could say for a reason, right? Like it was establishing Green Goblin as a big villain. It was like cementing Green Goblin and Spider-Man's relationship forever in this, you know, like he has always inflicted this trauma upon him and taken something from him and, you know, and then killed Gwen Stacy, right? Like a character that we all loved and like made us hate him. Um, Yeah, but here we don't care about carnage. carnage. Right. It's right. Like, exactly. So I mean, that's what I'm to... saying it's literally like as if a random drunk driver just showed up and hit her. It would be like, yeah, oh, okay, for sure. Well, I mean, I don't care about that. I mean, I guess screw that guy, but like, whatever. I mean, even in the immediate aftermath, where Peter Parker's fighting Carnage, I'm not like, yeah, get him. Like, I can't believe he killed Gwen because it's just like he's he's fighting a um, I don't know, it's an animal. The, it's like the version sentient, right? The
1: version of this story that I think makes a lot more sense is if Venom does it. Right, because we yeah, have established sure. the relationship between Peter Parker and Eddie Brock, it is very interesting in the Ultimate Universe. If Venom kills Gwen, now you're doing oh, you're and still, I mean they're still fridging did... a character, but you're doing the death of Gwen Stacy um, in a way with a character in a villain that we have a vested interest in rooting against. If Carnage is just seen,
0: here, yeah. Like Eddie Brock and Gwen Stacy had a dynamic of him yes, being like a, se- right. a sex creep to her, you know? Like That's he's true. Being a sex pest, and right? Like... There's history there. I mean, I think yeah. I think
1: this comic does two things very badly it it kills gwyn with like for nothing i think like you're uh, saying like it yeah. just it throws in that beat like it's um yeah and like you're saying like it's just this random act of violence and it's it's it, uh, i don't know it feels unfair to the to the character and to fans um and then the the second thing it does wrong is like it just wastes carnage and the idea so for fans of carnage sure. too it's like oh so he's just a boring creation gone wrong and he's done like it's just it, yeah. both things oh, wind up feeling very uninteresting. Yeah, I don't know. So I, I, I do, know. I do like the attempts by Bendis and Bagley here to like to do something new with concepts, right? I like the idea mm-hmm. of of doing Carnage totally differently. I think that part that's not my problem. Um, the problem just becomes in the execution. Like we never actually have any reason to feel anything towards Carnage. It just is. Um, mm-hmm. and which again, like. If that was the story they were gunning for, you know, maybe you introduce the character here, and then it's, like, this slow build of, like, there's just this violence in the wings that is just there, and it's just this carnage entity killing, and it's just out there, and it's doing things we can't find it, right? That could build sort of this, like, just completely apathetic monstrosity of killing, you know? But instead, it's just, it's Mm -hmm. fast. It's just boom, 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 and it's like, oh, well, all those, all that goodwill you built up with Gwen was thrown away for nothing, and you just threw away the carnage concept, like seemingly just to to make the reference, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I think we're in agreement. This is kind of a yeah, kind of a bad story. And you know, like it, like you said, it just kicked off as Peter Parker, and like it, as Gwen Stacy found out about Peter Parker. Although I didn't even really like her story before this because she was still like she was still super hung up on like Spider Man killed my dad in a way that I felt was real phony baloney. They do at least make like, some
1: progress beyond that here before they Carnage do, but like her. she was
0: still just like Spider Man killed my dad, and Peter's like, well, he didn't really. It was a guy. It was a different guy, and he confessed, and he's in jail. Like, we know it was not him. And she's just like, yeah, what does it matter? And then later she finds Peter Parker's costume. And she's yep. just like, he killed my dad. And it's like, it, it's making her out to be like, you know, a lunatic when it's like. And then, you know, I, I think it, it's, it feels contrived. It feels just like, well, we need them to have a moment of this drama. And the, the drama kind of works, actually, when she, like, confronts him. I like that scene. She, she confronts him with a gun. I don't know where she got a gun from. but Actually, oh, her dad.
1: Oh, sure. Gun, I okay. guess. But maybe. why would that be in Amy's house? I don't what? know. Yeah, why would she I have that? <laughs> I guess I
0: didn't even question why she had a gun. Oh, maybe also, I, maybe uh, I may have
1: uh, got one post-burglary. Uh, that wouldn't be. Peter Parker
0: uh, well webs up think. the Punisher in, like, an aside here. Oh, yeah. It's really funny. Like, I actually just, didn't
1: mind that at all. Yeah, that was good.
0: Yeah, I mean, if they're not going to do anything new with him, you know, it's kind of throw him in as a little... Yeah, weird, he's but, also uh, just
1: the Punisher. <laughs> like, yes, yes. No changes. I don't
0: even know if he says a word here. Right? He's, he's fighting just, like, Boomerang,
1: and uh, Spider-Man oh, and takes Oh, is that who that is? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that, that, uh, that is not bad. Uh, again, All I right, like those one on to battles.
0: Let's get on to the crown jewel of My Ultimate Year Episode nine.
1: Well, and of, of ultimate the Ultimate Universe, Avengers. I think it's fair to say. Yeah. Uh, that okay, would be so Ultimate Ulti- Adventures number one to six. So this is our first new character introduction in first
0: and only i think really there, there's a few. Little <laughs> no there will be
1: a there will be a handful I mean, of others well not it's a lot so but it actually says
0: here on the wikipedia page um ultimate spider-man added Geldolf Geldolf, who we already met the guy who <laughs> yeah things.
1: and we all and we all remember Geldolf. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right and ultimate How could we forget x-men that?
0: adds someone called syndicate and magician but it says that like it says that's the uh, the only ones who are what those
1: are the on only 3. no that's not right that doesn't seem oh, right okay. Uh, mm-hmm. as the only new characters but it, it, as far as like you know getting their own series this is certainly a rarity. Um, Ultimate Adventures is uh, written by Ron Zimmerman it's got art <gasps> by Duncan Fagrado who uh, may be a little more familiar to comics readers because he's done a fair amount of work on the Hellboy franchise um, it's, Can, I, can it's... I
0: interrupt and derail us for just a second I'm sorry you were just <laughs> saying like Fine. yeah, there, there's not like other characters added into the Ultimate Universe and it's like well yeah of course Miles Morales like duh I forgot about him. Um but that yeah, made me think, big like, one. there's a moment, a big one. there's a moment here where there's, like, a stunt kid. There's this guy, like, the stunt man for Spider Man during the Spider Man movie scene. Yeah. And the other one comes up and it's a black guy, right? And, uh, in Spider Man's just, like, something like, oh, oh, okay. I thought, like, I was being retooled or something. Like, he makes a little comment, and I thought that was, like, fun, Ooh. probably completely accidental foreshadowing to, uh, you know, Spider Man being recast as a, a younger black kid.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That is an interesting call out, actually. I mean,
0: it, yeah, it's it's nothing really. Like I'm sure it was on purpose, but
1: anyway. I don't know. Fine. Bendis Miles' creator. Could have been uh, seven years yeah. ahead there. Starting to think yeah. about it, but I that would be that would be kind of interesting. Uh, so Duncan, speaking of Duncan not kind of for... interesting, Ultimate Adventures. It's a I guess it's a Batman. I think it's kind of uh, interesting. Inversion, oh. <laughs> it, maybe mildly. Um, I <laughs> uh, I've seen it called a parody. I no, it's, it's not a parody. It's con- it's, it's, it's very a confusing, it, if it's trying that. to be a parody, it's definitely not. It, it's like Marvel. Trying like a, to be a parody.
0: No, I mean, Marvel is like a parody. Like, at least Marvel's trying to be a parody. This doesn't feel Yeah, like but it's, it's like it fun. doesn't know what
1: a parody is as it's trying to be a parody, so it's right, not. Right, like it,
0: it kind of just feels <laughs> like it's a Batman ripoff, but that also is super aware of that and like pointing out that Batman exists. Yeah, the weirdest right? like, thing about out... it too,
1: the weirdest thing about that though is like Marvel has Nighthawk, who is already the Batman analog in the Marvel uh-huh. Universe. You yeah. could just. So Hawk Owl is so close, even in naming, to that character. It's like, why isn't this just Kyle Raymond? You could do this exact same story.
0: Yeah. Uh, uh, so like, uh, uh, there's too much. There's too much. To tell talk me. About tell here. me what All you right. found interesting because no. Let me, let me let me give some. It. Let, let me like set the table even more for this before we talk about it. This was part of. The you decide campaign um which was something that like bill jamis did with uh let's see with ron zimmerman and joe casada it was like a bet between them between oh between peter david and bill jamis yeah, peter Jameis. david's Jameis.
1: captain marvel was probably the most memorable series that was a part of this uh, so aside it was three, from it was, literal it was worst series. comic of all time Marvel. <laughs> i know
0: <laughs> so it was three different series it was peter david's captain marvel it was bill jamis's marville and this series, and it was this idea of like, which ones will the fans like more? What will we sell more of? And because like Bill Jamis didn't like Peter David's Captain Marvel, and like bet him he could write a better comic or something. Yeah, like yeah, just the the hubris. Anyway, so I love that like it was this and Marvel were like part of the same and that they were competing
1: against (laughs) like many like long long time renowned and i know a lot like there's definitely a lot of critical backlash against him today but like pretty renowned writer peter david on a mainstay marvel franchise property like Mm -hmm. you put two just totally random books i mean i've read the captain marvel
0: yeah I haven't read that Captain Marvel run but like it ran 60 issues so I'm sure it was <laughs> unlike this in Marvel there are moments in that that are quite
1: issues. good uh which I cannot say about the rest of you decide uh, ultimate adventures included I mean so I don't it, it, this it's a Batman story uh what is the what is the turn on this like what is the twist I mean it's okay, kind of like hey what if Robin was a snot except guess what we had Jason Todd so that's not new you know, like like Ugh. the the Batman so figure everyone... here, Hawk owl goes and adopts a kid, and uh, the kid slowly figures out that he's Batman. <laughs> like that's it. That's the
0: story. And it's like, he's got a butler, but this time it's like this, um, it's like a black veteran. I guess Alfred's a veteran as well, but he's not, uh, it's like an African American veteran who's like real sassy, right? Like to a point where I'm just like, oh, I don't know if a white guy should have been writing this, <laughs> like this dialogue. Yeah. I think um, that
1: dynamic is, is highly questionable. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. it's not and then, like, interesting.
0: He's got a mute uh, Asian valet who is like clearly like the green Lantern or not green lantern, green hornets valet a little bit like winking at that. Um, well, and when he does speak,
1: he speaks in a very stilted, uh, I don't even know what you call that. Um, it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good.
0: (laughs) Okay. So the thing about ultimate adventure is that if I have to give it some credit, it's that I will, no one's making give, you. <laughs> There's no I pressure. I will at least give Zimmerman credit. And Zimmerman, I looked him up. I was like, oh, what else did you write? And it's like, very little else. <laughs> so this guy did not have this big starting career, I guess. It's that he definitely has a voice that I feel like I could pick out anywhere. <laughs> right like if i was mm. reading a comic i would be like wow this really feels like a ron zimmerman comic. is it ron
1: so many so many people have said that over the years yeah. it's just is like it i just i've read that in <laughs> so many reviews um yeah i mean i do i think like the kid's name is woody he's uh you know the orphan who is can't stop causing trouble i mean he feels like a real kid i think oh no um, he
0: feels like a kid who's okay so the way that you write this comic because i i have the formula for writing ultimate adventures, yeah, it's that you like get strapped into one of those like clockwork orange machines where your eyes are peeled open, uh huh, and you're forced to watch like thousands of hours of like what's the um, Steve Urkel show? Family Matters, sure, right? Like you're forced to watch like thousands of hours of like Family Matters and like Will and Grace and Big Bang Theory, like the worst like wisecracking. <laughs> I, I know many Will
1: and Grace fans, <laughs> yeah. So well, I'm not the, sure the, the, about like, that Lloyd throwing them in, but sure. Sitcoms.
0: The, the, the sitcoms were, you know, like everyone is just like. If you took away the laugh track, you'd be like, oh my God, everyone is so mean to each other. But because there's a laugh, you <laughs> don't like realize yeah. that everyone's just like sniping at each other constantly. Yeah. Um, because like, okay, so you, you do that for like 5,000 hours, maybe. You, you know, like pour that into your brain. And then you there's just. There's zero rail, chance like, you're doing
1: anything else after 5,000 hours of that, but go ahead. Yeah.
0: And then you like just rail like three Adderall and read half a Batman comic, and you're like, I'm going to write this. Like, Why would you <laughs> need
1: three Adderall to get through half a Batman comic?
0: <laughs> no, I mean, to to write this. You need to write this, like, oh, okay. very, very... Okay, because, you got like, to pump out the writing. God, I mean, the writing is just so, like... It's so snarky. He does this thing that I have never seen in comics before, like to this level where uh, the, to express sarcasm, he drags out the words constantly. And it's like a couple robbers break into the orphanage. And he's just like, okay, okay, here it goes. Anyone makes a loud noise and you're dead. You think we won't kill you because you're kids? I hate kids. We got to get out of here. You live. We don't, you die. That's pretty easy, right, brats? And... The Robin kid, I don't remember his name, is, like, terrific. Because as orphans living in a dilapidated 200-year-old church in the ghetto, you can imagine we can just get all the breaks and, like, all this spread out. Yeah. He does that all the time. He does, like, they're so mean very all strict about lights out here. We're just exhausted. Like, he just does that over I don't, and uh, not I
1: don't mind that as a lettering trick. I mean, no. It, it sells the I, that's sarcasm. I'm
0: saying, like, he does kind of have I mean it's a horrible horrible writing aesthetic. He's got a horrible authorial voice here, but it is unique. <laughs> I'll give him that. Like <laughs> okay. I mean I guess I could say the same thing about Marvel uh, to be fair. Like, yeah, Bill sure James it definitely... is it is
1: unique in what it's doing. That is that is true. I unlike Marvel though. Like yeah. this isn't at the end of the day, it's just a very boring failed comic superhero oh, story. Like there's anymore. not actually there's not that train wreck Aspect to it that would get us talking or really engaged. I was hoping with the it work,
0: was, yeah, it was messier. Like, there's a few little moments here that are confounding. Like he he, uh, Night Hawk or whatever breaks up a, a robbery at an internet cafe. And at the end of it, the guy is just like, "Oh, thanks, man." Now that I got you here. Can I interest you in 500 hours of AOL? And like holds up a CD and then like smash cut to the next scene. <laughs> really? it's just like, do you think that's what people say to each other? Like they sell each other
1: in AOLs? cafes for sure. Deep if you were okay. in a cafe okay. in 2002, you were getting AOL sponsorships coming left and right. Yeah, yeah I mean right. it's just no, it's it's just a miss. And it apparently it took forever to come out, which is almost even funnier. It's like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's like yeah. why would this have taken you a long time? Nothing happens. Um, well, it is astonishing. To,
0: Another another nice thing I gotta say about this, I think the art's pretty good. I think the art's uh art's good. Yeah, it's I good. mean Duncan is it, I Duncan
1: is think... a professional. Um he knows yeah, what he's is doing. Is he around? The book okay. looks fine. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I uh, think the
0: book looks totally good, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's no. it's fine. You don't need to read this. I mean, long story short, like, no, no, There's no reason you would need to read no. this as part of the ultimate universe. Um again, it's that funny thing where it's like, Man, you know, I wish they wish they would take some shots and create some things and then they do it and you're like, Stop shooting. Marvel stop shooting. Don't take any chances ever again. You've you failed entirely. Um this is a huge miss on on creating a new character for the ultimate universe and it's also the thing of it, d- the vision and the guidance of this. I mean obviously it feels like, you know, it's got Bill James's thumbprints on it, which literally it does because of the you decide stuff. Um yeah. but it's like why why would a Batman parody or Batman analog be fit your into this. Yeah. your introduction into the Ultimate Universe. Like, what are you going to do with that? How's he going to fit into the Ultimates? Like, is that you know where are you going as part of the Ultimate Universe? They're not even thinking about that stuff.
0: Um, it's got pretty good reviews on Amazon. Stop it. Gotta say, I'm not. No, <laughs> bizarre, unique, and funny. Five stars. This book really surprised me, and still kind of does. It's weird, super bizarre, and very unique. This parody of Batman and Robin. Yep. Yeah. Um, I like uh, this review. Uh, this comic doesn't deserve the bad rap and then ooh, this is a good one you're gonna like this four stars talk about thumbing your nose at Batman <laughs> I, the idea doesn't?
1: that this does anything with the Batman mythology is like just untrue it doesn't yeah. do it doesn't if it was a Batman parody I don't know what it, the parody is truly like what what is it changing I mean the Bruce Wayne character is not cool <laughs> he does not have a plan for everything I, I, you know right what, oh, he's kind of a bumbling the, rich mess. the one
0: the one joke i'd say yeah i think the one joke that maybe l- could have landed maybe with a little tweaking but like the framework is there is that like um doesn't he keep saying his parents are murdered and like everyone around him is like they weren't murdered yeah it's either that or vice versa i can't remember we're yes, like yes
1: no it's you got it right
0: Yeah. Okay. Which I think is like, that's kind of, Oh, right. And they just talk about like, they were drunk driving and drove off a bridge. um, If this was like,
1: if that was a part of a comedy book and an attempt at a comical parody of Batman, maybe I could look at that and be like, that's a good gag. That's not what this book is. No, it's not trying to be a comedy at all.
0: It's weird because it, yeah, no, I mean, it feels like a, I mean, it kind of just feels like how a, a very bad Batman comic would function and like, all right, who's the villain here? Well, it's a guy who's like, wife is cheating on him and then a bunch of like thugs beat him up and he, and then a kid hits him and like, it's a principal and he hits his head and he goes crazy and he kills his like wife and her lover and then he like kidnaps a bunch of kids. Oh, also there's just like way too many, like, yeah, all the, uh, all the random like thug bullies and like random, um. Like henchmen and stuff are, you know, of course, like three quarters of them are black, which is just the... I think the um,
1: more of this you read, which again, I would not encourage gross. you to do, the the sure you'll be that it is racially insensitive. You know, it's kind of that thing For of sure, like, yeah. if you <laughs> then, if you weren't sure at the end of the first issue, read a couple more and you'll be increasingly sure. Um, yeah. I, I don't... Again, it's like if it was good and there was something to salvage there, then maybe there'd be more to talk about, but it's not. there. This is it's a dud it's a dud and it's you know it's that thing of like i actually prefer the train wreck of marville you know my least favorite comic book of all time Mm -hmm. to this because at least there's stuff to talk about at least there's stuff to be like you know having had that experience i i can identify elements there are no elements to ultimate adventures to identify right like it's just it is boring from top to bottom throw it away we're done we're done with Ultimate Adventures.
0: I feel like I had one other Ultimate Adventure to make, but... Oh, I like the... Um... <laughs> That's right. On Wikipedia, uh, you yeah, know, I've got the plot synopsis, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then it says, afterwards, the duo were briefly mentioned as being Ultimates candidates in the first volume, and they have not been mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> there go. Oh, yeah, so, like, the Ultimates actually show up here in one issue, and, they, you know, they're pretty boring, and also make some, like, kind of crappy jokes about the Wasp and uh, Ant-Man. Like, he's just like... Hey, Janet, maybe when you grow a self-esteem, give me a call. Like, self-esteem enough to leave this loser. Like, just some real, you know crappy nasty misogynistic stuff about that um yeah it's it's, uh it's pretty bad oh also (laughs) another like really lame thing about this is the entire book is about him like trying to recruit this dumb kid who just apparently has good reflexes so he sees something in him and we literally get one panel half a page of him in action before he gets taken hostage and that's it like his big debut as a superhero he swoops down on the principal he kicks one guy and then he's immediately taken hostage and that's the end of it (laughs) it's a huge payoff Huge payoff. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. Pretty bad.
1: Next time uh, on My Ultimate Year, Episode yeah, Ten, yeah, we will be back? talking about uh, everything in the Ultimate Universe. We're going to be talking about Spider-Man, Fantastic Four, Ultimate Good. X-Men, and the beginning of Ultimate Nightmare. You can find all of the comics that we'll be reading oh, in the show notes.
0: Say that word for me one more. The Ultimate what?
1: Ultimate Nightmare.
0: Nightmare, huh? You nightmare. could say nightmare
1: if you want, but you're really oh, I would emphasizing.
0: Love to. <laughs> Nightmare. I don't know. You why say
1: you say nightmare.
0: Yeah. You know, like the
1: like know, a like a nightmare. horse of the night.
0: Yeah, it, it's right there. M A R E. Okay. Not How does Clips
1: sing it? I'm having nightmares. Ooh. Mm. I'm hearing mirrors. It's a good point. It's a good point. Right. I'm sorry. Right. I back off. I'm. I'm. I am backing down from this. Yeah. I'm not going to change that one a single bit. A single bit. For my ultimate year 10 but you can hear if, us pronounce that word differently if you come back I have actually episode. just
0: seen you seen you complaining on Twitter about the one thing like what like the downside of becoming a YouTuber uh, which you've been doing lately is that your pronunciation just co- corrected constantly people
1: love Thanks. it it Like I know I say every name wrong but then when you have uh, a YouTube video everyone gets to comment with how you said it wrong Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. and the the most annoying thing I actually don't find it very annoying on like like I told you I said Hellions totally wrong, right? It's supposed to be Hellions I was saying it dead wrong so somebody's like hey I think it's pronounced this way, okay cool, I will take that and that actually benefits me. Um, The part that drives me crazy is somebody will come in and say how I said something wrong, like okay got it And then like seven more people (laughs) like over the course of the next two days will come in separately. And 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 it's not like your comment
0: section is just like impenetrably dense with just like thousands (laughs) of comments to to weed through. So it is just like over and over again the same. Yeah, sure. I mean, you know. That's unavoidable.
1: It's the repetition. Uh, uh, yeah. Speaking of repetition, if you uh, enjoy listening to these episodes every month, you can go on over to iTunes and rate and review. We'd greatly appreciate it. Or you can go to patreon.com slash Year for ways to support the show. Um, but yeah, we'll be talking more Ultimate to come next month. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Zach, anything else you want to say?
0: Nope. If uh, Wait, did you already talk about six months of extra episodes? No okay if you go over to the patreon for five dollars a month uh you probably know this already but we have six more episodes of this show so what the point this is in the public feed we'll have what up to episode 15 or something out onto the uh the public or the uh, patreon feed so if you want six more episodes check us out on Patreon. and then um hey we're like a quarter of the way through my ultimate year already is that nuts good good. Yeah, pretty crazy. What are we going to do next, Dave? We were just talking about this in the Slack. Uh, we're going to finish the remaining 75%.
1: Because <laughs> that's a ton, yeah. still.
0: Yeah, but what comes next, Dave? I want to think about the next thing.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah, you tell. You let me know. You let me know what you're thinking.
0: 2099, that's what I'm
1: thinking. Oh, I don't think I could do that. Alright, we'll see you next year, everybody. That's pretty good. We'll see you in 2099.
0: Alright, bye, everyone. Good.
1: You. Bye. Goodbye. you. don't like. your I
0: you got issues. Issues got to shoot All I know, all I